I'm Leah Bowden, and this is the Modern Miss Mason podcast. Number one, I would say it's helped me remember who I am, where I can get lost in being a mother and a wife, that I'm, I remind myself I'm an artist too. I'm, I'm Kyle, but I, I'm a photographer. I, and I think that for me has helped me to pour, keep pouring and investing in that and not just put it to the side, but that this right. is worth um, growing my skill, my craft. One of my professors in college said that you're only as famous as your source is obscure. Ah. I love that quote because he's saying that we're all influenced by something or somebody. Right. It's how you take what you're influenced by and make it your own. And I find that I'm in that place in life where I can finally make my, my art my own and that I have a unique voice. And so for me, I'm, I'm growing more confident in that voice and in that style that's unique to who I am and that I have something to say. Hello my friends and welcome to another episode of the Modern Miss Mason podcast. I was just going to say we're running into season three but I think what we all need is we're taking a gentle stroll together into season three learning about glorious growth. In volume three of Charlotte Mason's series of writings on education and childhood, she says this, if mothers could learn to do for themselves what they do for their children, when these are overdone, we should have happier households. Let the mother go out to play. If she would only have the courage to let everything go when life becomes too tense and just take a day or half a day out in the fields, or with a favourite book, or in a picture gallery looking long and well at just two or three pictures, or in bed without the children, life would go on far more happily for both children and parents. The mother would be able to hold herself in wise passiveness and would not fret her children by continual interference, even of hand or eye. She would let them be. I'm sure you've heard at least the first part of this quote many times. I certainly have. But the more I've read this part of Miss Mason's work, the more I see this paragraph is far more than what we may know as mother culture or self-care. These words are about having the courage to rest, reflect and go in order for us to grow. These simple steps of taking time to invest in our own creativity and development and rest will enable us to produce peace in our homes and joy in our days. This may seem cliche or a romanticized view of motherhood in our homes to many, but I know this as reality because I've done the complete opposite and I'm telling you this is better. Over the next few weeks, we'll be examining creativity, academia, literature, organization, planning, rest, and so much more in order to bring encouragement 
for parents and educators to sow small, regular seeds of growth into their own lives, as well as the ones you sow every day into your children. Today, our guest is Kyle Campbell. Kyle and I had a complete meet-cute via Instagram back in 2017, the night before I left for Franklin, Tennessee, which happened to be her hometown. It, It was so bizarre. Over the years, we've shared our stories over dinners, cocktails, in coffee shops, and also in our homes with our husbands and children. She's hands down the most innovative, creative person I know, and she inspires me every day with the words and images she shares on her Instagram account, Sudden Journeys. Kyle is the real deal. She's authentic, vulnerable, a thoughtful friend, has the biggest heart, and cooks up a storm in the kitchen, which will leave you full for days. I know you're going to love this conversation. Well, here's what we talked about, creativity and the courage to continue. Listen in. My grandmother was an artist. She painted up until she was in her mid-80s. And so I think growing up, my parents, especially my dad, had an appreciation for art, for painting and I remember my earliest memory of feeling like I had some kind of skill in it was, I I believe I was around eight years old and my parents, my mom had signed me up for art classes, but it was extracurricular. It wasn't, it wasn't at school. It was something that we did outside of school. And I remember the first thing I, that I can remember drawing was a still life and it was with color pastels and feeling really proud of it, of looking at something and trying to copy it in real life. And my parents thinking it was good and framing it and hanging it up. And to me as a little kid, I was like, wow, they must really believe this is something good. I love that. (laughs) Uh, But I continued to take art classes from this woman and and have a love for it. So I think that was just the budding of photographer of of my art was, a love for drawing and painting. And it, it evolved more when I got into high school. Um, I loved, I had an amazing art teacher. And I think it's amazing how the, the teachers who we have can influence our love for a subject. And it was between the teacher that I had and then the friends that I made, I felt like I found my people. <laughs> And so, and it was fun and it was create this, this creative expression. So that, that started to sow more seeds into me, but I was really focused on drawing and painting. Wow. And for a while I thought that was the direction I was going towards. And um, it was probably along the same lines as, of art. I also, or of painting and drawing, I discovered music. And I started to play guitar when I was 14 before. And then I was at the same time writing poetry. So I turned, once I learned to play the guitar, I started to take my poetry and turn it into song lyrics. And my parents growing up were also, and still are very much admire songwriters being from Nashville. uh, You're surrounded by incredible talent. 
and I would say too that a lot of my peers, my friends, parents were musicians. So I grew up going to people's homes and it was just normal for my to have guitars everywhere and then playing music. So I grew up, my parents weren't musicians, but they admired musicians and songwriters, but then we were also surrounded by it. And so that really had a huge influence on me with music. Uh, and then the writing, I also discovered my love for poetry and writing at the, around the same time. And I would spend hours in bookstores looking through art books and reading poetry books and um, looking at photography and all of those things. I think I was just a sponge at that, at that around that age of 14, 15 years old. Um, and not, and at the same time, at the same time, I was seeing people who were doing it and I, that had a huge influence. I would say a place that really shifted for me was a, a group of people called, that uh, was formed called the Art House out of Nashville. And it was started by Charlie Peacock and Andy Ashworth. And it was a place for people who were believers, um, but to come along as, in the arts. And it was this, it was, um, it was bringing in the intellect and the arts and beliefs and coming all together. And we, there, whether it was conversation or creating or hosting events. And at the time I was young, again, I was my preteen teenage years, but I think being in that kind of community from a young age really influenced me. I'm sure. So yeah. a lot there, but those are some big foundations. So when me. did you, when did you first get your hands on a camera? My dad uh, loved photography. He had pictures of my mom that he had taken in his university days and would talk to me about the just the process of developing pictures. And I would look through his old photo albums of the images he took. And so I was, that inspired me. And then, and so I remember when he gave me his camera, he also gave me his old guitar. Those two things that I have a passion for were things that he had owned that he gave to me, passed down to me. And at the time when I was in high school, I was also obsessed with this artist, John William Waterhouse, a painter. And um, I would basically get my friends together and, and influenced by a lot of the painting, I would create images, photographs that had that similar feel to with my friends. So on the weekends we would go out and I'd find clothing at thrift stores and take pictures of them out in nature. Um, very similar to what I would see from the Waterhouse paintings, a lot of the Pre-Raphaelite paintings and yeah. That was my junior year. So that would be um, my second to last year of high school Okay. that I really got into photography. Um, and I didn't know if I was gonna be any good at it, but that wasn't until I was about to be finished with high school that I really got into photography. So how, I mean, how do you know the difference between is this, is this a hobby? Is just this, this something I wanna do on the side? Or am I actually seeing seeds of a future career? How, did you know that? How would other people recognize that? That is a really great question because, and again, I was talking to my dad about this. He would say that he's, he is not that he, very much the pragmatist. So when I started flirting with the idea of art school, 
he was trying to persuade me to look at a more general studies, a bigger university that would allow me to do different things. And I think it was that I felt, I didn't feel confident in certain subjects in school, but when it came to art and with photography, I loved it. I was, it was exciting for me. And people were telling me I was good. <laughs> so I think <laughs> having people speak into me was felt, I felt confident in that. I didn't have that anything like that else in my life where people were speaking into me and encouraging me and saying, you have a gift for this. Mm. And so there was really no way to know when I first was looking at schools, I thought I was going to go to school to study history, specifically European history. Um, then I thought about going to school to be a painter or for art history. In fact, that's what I was putting on my college applications. And then I got into photography and I thought, I think I want to pursue photography. Huh. Uh, but there was no way to know that I was going to, that it, it would evolve into what it has for me. Um, so, so what did you do at college? Photography. My, I have a BFA in photography with a minor in art history. Wow. So you so, went all in. I mean, I that's incredible. Well, and I think that I was fortunate to go to a school that very much was focused on creating artists to succeed and not to have that stigma of being a starving artist. So they very much encouraged you to be uh, professional and that you will be successful. And not only will you be successful, you'll be a part of, of um, changing trends and being at the forefront of how to use the, the technology. And having a, uh, an environment like that, again, people speaking in to you saying, you will succeed in this and we're gonna give you the opportunities to do that. Um, again, changed my mindset that I could do this and do some and do well with it. And in yeah. fact, most of my peers who I graduated with are all now, we're all in our forties successful. They're doing well with it. They're now running their own companies or businesses or they're uh, now experts in their line of expertise, you know, in their medium. Right. So that's been, that's a testament to the school for sure. Absolutely. So what does it look like today, being an artist, being a, a grown woman with a family? What does it look like in your life today? What, what part of those elements from your teen years are still a part of your life? So I, I put a lot of, I never stopped being creative, but I, I did have to make a choice at some point career-wise with what I was doing in order to make money. And long story short, I had to put my photography not on the back burner, it just couldn't be my main priority for many years. Um, I had a career working in the travel and tourism industry and then I got married and kids became a full-time full job. But I will say back when I was 18, I did a, a um, what they called a senior shadow day where we had to spend the day following somebody who was doing the pursuing a career that we wanted that we saw ourselves doing and so I spent the day with a woman who had her own photo studio at her house she was a mom oh. from home she had her own dark room she would have families out to her they had all this property out in Franklin Tennessee uh, where she would photograph families they had some other buildings on the property where she would kind of set up scenes and I remember that moment 
it was like something went off inside of my head thinking I can do this. I can be a yeah. mom yeah. and I can be a photographer and I can work from home and I can contribute financially. And that really was huge for me. And so mm -hmm. here I am now and I'm in, you know, in my forties, finally able to start seeing that to come into fruition. Um, and it's been incredible because it didn't happen right away and it didn't happen the way I thought it would, but now that my kids are a little older and more self-sufficient, I've been able to reclaim my own time mm. to pour back into my own myself, but also my art and my work, and my creativity. Well, and I think that we have to make choice, you know, we make choices and it doesn't mean that, that whatever decisions you make throughout your life are forever or permanent, Yeah. but it's just for a season. And to be able to pick up that mantle again as a photographer on my own terms has been incredible. And I have a lot more, my art has evolved and, and changed, but the, the core of that style is still the same. Yes. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for the journey that I've been on with it because I don't know that I would have, I wouldn't have the same um, outlook that I do had I not gone through those things. I th think that's the case for all of us. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I remember writing like reams and reams of poems when I was 19, 20, traveling. Um, I, you know, I have this very vivid memory of being in an airplane, flying over to Australia and just writing about it, reflecting in poetry. But it's not really until, you know, I got into my late thirties that I even picked that back up again and, and remembered, I think I was looking through some boxes in my loft and sorting things through. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I did have this in my youth. This was part of who I was. And um, it's encouraging, isn't it? To, to kind of go down memory lane a little bit. And even, and there's also, you know, lots of mums are listening. They may be seeing things in their children that they're just not sure where that's gonna go, but we just have to, and we'll, we'll come on to this a little bit more, but we just have to keep encouraging them, don't we? Yes um yeah so that's that's amazing and and that's so uh thank you for for sharing out that all that um maybe you could share a little bit about how your art has helped you in time of in times of challenge oh wow um in so many ways i would say uh, for me it's been about it helps me process so yeah. whether it's to write or to sit, pick up the guitar with music, whether it's to pick up the camera or cook or garden, whatever element of create, you know, whatever medium I'm using, it helps me process in that moment or communicate what it is I'm feeling. You know, singing to me is like bearing your soul. <laughs> it's such a vulnerable expression. Yes. And when I sit down to, to play to write a song, whether it's on the guitar and then to sing it, it's, it is, it just taps into something very deep within me. And I think that it's also been helpful for me to, to give perspective. And so when I, I go back and I read something I've written or I see something I've created, it, it's a reminder of where, what I've come through, what I've, where I was at a certain point uh, it's a testimony. And I think that as artists, we, we wear our hearts on our sleeve yeah. and artists tend to be a part of revolutions, not so much institutions. And so wow. 
<laughs> it's and that can be and that can look different for everyone it's there's no that's the beautiful thing is that it's subjective and it looks different and it's there's no right or wrong way to express yourself but it's it's important that you express yourself and art has helped me not you know I struggled with depression as a kid um and it's not that that tendency ever went away I, I still have those um, moments where that darkness wants to pull me in and I think art has been a way of not just confronting what I feel, but seeing that there's something beautiful in those emotions that can create something from all that right? and express it, but then also allow it to be a, something that people can relate to. Or I think that's something that's important to me. Um, one of my favorite moments that I had when I, I lived in New York City, worked for a photo agency called Magnum Photos. And I had this moment to spend with one of those photographers, Paul Fusco. He wanted me to bring in some of my work and I was extremely intimidated because he's this world-renowned photographer, documentary photographer. Wow. And we're sitting in this room and he's looking at my images and he stops at this one photo and he says, tell me about this day. It was a picture of a bike up against this wall down a little alley in Florence, Italy. And the light was kind of hitting it a certain way late afternoon. And so I was telling him about the day. And he said, well, when you look at that photo, do you feel that day? Do you, do you remember how you felt? And I said, not really. And he said, okay, then you didn't get it. Wow. And that like, was like, oh. <laughs> and it was just, how do I capture, how do, for me as a photographer, what does any of this make me feel? Right. How do I capture that? And so that really it was like a key that he gave me when he, he challenged me. And I really brought that along with me with whatever I do is ask myself, what, what does any of this make me feel? That's amazing. And then how do I capture that and then convey that? Um, but don't just take the image or write the music just because you think you should, but to be intentional behind it. Um, but yeah, I think number one is that art being creative allows me to process to capture what I feel process it and then allow it to be something that other people can tap into and relate to that's amazing that's so helpful I think I guess a common uh misconception or a kind of a lie we tell ourselves um is almost quite selective about our creativity whether we think we are or not and we kind of I definitely fell into that trap uh, growing up in a quite a creative family of artists. Uh, one of which, you know, my sister went to, to university, was a, did fine art and, and just, um, I remember thinking I was the one that didn't quite get that gene. And, and there I was singing, writing poetry, but because I couldn't draw, I, I'd kind of cast myself out of that. And I know in coming into adulthood, even reading people like Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, who talk a lot about creativity and, um, you know, dance, draw, do your thing, just, you know, everyone can do this. Um, do, do you agree with that? Do you think that there is that creativity in every human being? Absolutely. I, I believe that and how that plays itself out looks different. And I don't, I don't just say that to be gen to generalize. I think that 
like you were saying, sometimes we need somebody coming along to say, have you considered this? Or just to show us a different medium, whether right. it's a musical instrument or it's, um, or it's in the kitchen cooking or it's in the garden that you can be creative. I think one thing that really stood out to me, a couple of things going to art school. One was that when we would have critiques, we would all be given the same assignment. And then we would come in three weeks later, put our work up on the board or however we were having to present it. And it was always fascinating to me to see how 20 people were given the same assignment and all of us had a different way Incredible. Of, of expressing it or seeing. Right. And for me, I didn't take that as a, uh, like, oh, I'm not any good. This person's work is better than mine. It was just different and it helped me to see that, to be challenged to look at things differently. So the next time I go to a photograph, I would think, oh, I should try shooting from this angle instead of always doing it from this one way. Uh, so that was one thing that left a big impression on me. And then another thing I would say, for instance, uh, there is a degree for product design, but somebody has right. to come up with something, uh, the new form or how something can function and how it can be designed well or differently. And that there are so many different areas that I never even considered. And again, getting into a community that showed me that broadened my understanding of what creativity is. So I think yes. the biggest thing would be, A, don't tell yourself you're not creative just because you're like you did comparing yeah. yourself to someone else. Right. Um, but also to look at yourself and, and like everyone, whether they decorate their house a certain way or they prepare a meal or I, it can be so many different things. Um, some, I think some people have a passion in one area than more than another and that's okay too. And so again, not measuring yourself and then deciding I'm just not creative. Um, I believe that we're all, we all have our touch with creativity and we all have different ways to show it, uh, which makes it exciting. It does. And I think it also, it's an adventure. Um, I think if people listening are, are in that camp of, no, I'm not creative, I'm not an artist. I wonder, even, I mean, I think cooking is a great example because most of my listeners probably do prepare at least one meal a day and they're all probably laughing now saying yeah one three <laughs> or six people you know mm -hmm. um and i think that's one area that i've been challenged in is i do you know i'm in the kitchen a lot i'm cooking a lot um how even just trying a new recipe once a week or trying a different way of presenting it mm -hmm. or doing something different with the table. And, and I think, um, you know, if you have, if you're gonna start anywhere, you could start with what you're already doing, you know, the kind of um, the normal things of every day, even things like gardening, not everyone gardens, but um, I think that can be, you know, getting your hands in the earth is amazing for you anyway, um, but just, trying something new and um it's so rewarding isn't it kyle i just think for our mental and emotional health trying something creative trying something new um yeah is good for us and um is is absolutely part of a growth mentality uh which is which is what we've been talking about on the podcast um 
over here. Now, you have mentioned a few artists um, that have inspired you, photographers, painters. Um, are there any books, authors, or even particular artists that have been real anchors for your creative journey? You've already mentioned uh, a couple. Are there any others that have been quite poignant in your journey? I would say the first book that comes to my mind, I had a little, it's like a pocket book that I picked up on the art of John William Waterhouse. And I kept that book in my bag that I would carry everywhere. I had like a satchel that I would carry. I actually used to always have like a sketchbook on me and little paints that I would hang out in coffee shops. <laughs> and that, but I'd have that book on me and it was, it really was a constant inspiration for me. And I would say another book was put out by Magnum Photos called Decade and it documented the last decade of the 20th century. And it was about 400 images showing different events around the world. And I remember actually seeing the exhibit when I was in Berlin in 2000. And it was that exhibit that shifted something for me with, when it came to photography that the power of an image to make people aware of situations around the world and realizing that's why I wanted to be a photographer was to th this power that the images had to tell a story and uh, I, in fact, I had left Berlin and gone on to Amsterdam. I was backpacking on Europe and I was, I remember being on a payphone with my mom and, and my dad and telling them about the show and how I regretted not buying the book. And I actually went all the way back to Berlin <laughs> just to go back to the exhibit to buy that book. And then lugged wow, that's a really special book. Yeah. Lugged that massive book when you're backpacking around Europe, weight and space is everything and I love that yeah. thing <laughs> around <laughs> with me um those are the I would say those are the number two those two books left a huge impact I mean I, there's so many books I could talk about but I, I'll I'll just say those two for now that's amazing no and I I love the story around them there's I love books with stories yeah. um I think and that your your those memories come out of times of travel which is also obviously a big part of your story that we can't we haven't got time to to get time to get into today um but we're going to share kyle's website info at the end of the podcast um where you'll be able to read and see more of her work so kyle let's get into a conversation about children now obviously you know you're on the modern miss mason podcast and uh, you've heard me harking on enough about Charlotte Mason and a part of her philosophy and methodology as she started to outwork that uh, in in families in in schools was encouraging children to be familiar with what she would have called the masters so works of art historic works of art um, and also, you know, to listen to classical music, to read poetry, to be out in nature, to even to journal their nature observations. So there's so much creativity there. There's so much artistry, even in this, in this method of, of education, of educating a child. Um, and it was interesting. I, I, people may have heard if they caught up on the podcast, I interviewed a lady 
who went to a PNEU school, I think she must be in her mid 60s now. And if she's listening, I'm sorry if I've aged you. Um, but she told us one of her vivid memories was studying, and she called them the masters, like pieces of artwork that they became acquainted with. And later in life, in adulthood, she was in Paris with friends wandering around the gallery and she could name all of them. Mm. And they, her friends were saying to her, how do you know them? She said, I don't actually, I don't know. It must be from school. It must be from my childhood. And I, it is incredible, isn't it? How images linger and important images, images that are discussed and studied and maybe stuck on a wall from a, even if you buy an art calendar and have them there. I know from a, you know, from a Charlotte Mason philosophy point of view, that's been really important to how I've created the atmosphere in our home. But also in my life, my childhood, I think I've told stories before, my mother had um, prints of artwork and we had Waterhouse up in our bathrooms, I remember. She had prints all over and things that I, I too have those memories of going to galleries and recognising them from my childhood. Now, I don't know if you had that experience in your in your childhood, Cal, but how does that make you feel as an artist hearing that, you know, that, that kind of this philosophy includes all that? I love it because I think that being surrounded by art, whether it's music, poetry, paintings, images is inspiring. I think it, it can transport us to different worlds and imaginations. I think that's what an artist is, is being able to convey what is in the mind and create something dimensional. And that's incredible that to think that we have this, this mind with where we can come up and create these concepts and ideas and feelings, and then put that expression into form, whether it's to sit down on the piano or in the kitchen or, and I'm watching that my own children right now has been it's so amazing. So I think it's extremely important to surround our kids with that because it does have an influence on them. And we never know what, which of those they'll pick up on. So we don't know if it's, you know, I may relate to paintings, but I don't know which of my kids are gonna pick up the piano or the guitar or the pen or, and so I think that for me, we were, I was surrounded by a lot of music. My parents were always playing music and talking about lyrics. And um, that was a huge influence, but not just, I would say too, it wasn't just that I was surrounded by the conversation. I think it's also important to surround our kids with people who are doing these things. So not just looking at the art or experiencing it, but also having outside influences uh, people who are doing those things. So my kids right now are really into writing and they have a, a, one of our, one of my dear friends is working hard at, to become a published author. And that's had a huge influence on my kids. So I think beyond just the arts in and of itself in our homes, I think it's having people who are, are creating to inspire and influence our kids. I uh, love that. Kyle I love that and I guess I haven't really thought on that so too much but the idea of I mean I, I guess I do because I, I the idea of taking children to a to a full orchestral 
performance to quartets you know taking them to um kind of a gallery where maybe an artist is painting as you know as you're wandering around you can watch someone do that craft um I, yeah you're right and then i have been able to have a conversation with a poet with an author and uh, i know my one of my youngest son micah has has um been on a couple of trips where he's had books signed and he's been able to talk to an author of of books that he enjoys reading and and that's such a great thought I think for all of us is yes we can expose our children to these things um, and it may be more difficult it may cost more um, but how can we expose them to 21st century um, modern day people who are creating writing taking photographs well we can... sorry go on I was say it can just be our friends. I mean, that's the thing yes. is that I have another friend who she's an artist. And the thing is, I tend to surround myself with artists and musicians. So okay. I, I recognize that that's not everybody, but we all have that one, at least have one person in our life who's doing that thing, whether it's either a chef or they're, you know, they're creating jewelry or they're sewing or they're doing something and they're, they're, it's not just, um, maybe it is a hobby, but maybe it's their career, it's their passion. I, I have friends who are, are musicians who are, who are well known and that's, but they've also taken time to pour into my kids. And so yeah. I think being able to, to posture ourselves where our kids can engage with that and that, our, that we would have our own peers, our own friends pour into our kids is such a gift. And I'm that so grateful. That is a yeah. gift and it is something that sadly we are lacking in our current climate. I think I've, yes. I, I, even as you're talking, I thought, yeah, you know what? We, we, I love filling our house with people, having people for dinner, not just because I love hospitality, but I love the conversation that my children hear. Yes. When we have these different people in, I've got one friend who is 73 and has, tells amazing stories of her childhood she she can quote poetry she plays a piano she was an artist as a young person and I love um my children overhearing or even listening to her tell those stories and um can't wait for those day days to be back um where we can linger around each other again so that's thank you for triggering those thoughts and as I'm sure lots of people are thinking about how they can do that um I just say one more thing too yes absolutely is that when we're I know that this is something we can kind of fall into maybe some more than others but the sense of even once our kids can have their own space that we want to create a certain aesthetic for them but when you can give them give them their own space to create and use their imagination and express themselves through just how they decorate their room or they get dressed or they yes. put food on their plate or they set the table just to give them opportunities to express themselves creatively that yes. doesn't have to come in the form of again something that we think of like painting or music but just in, in little daily things where we a lot of times as moms we want to take over yeah. or ourselves or we've created a certain look to our home and we want to have everything look like that but giving over that control and letting them start to have that it's been really fun to see my own kids do that with their rooms and yes their clothing and all that stuff 
Um, so that's been something that I'm learning to, to give over to them. And then, but I've also loved seeing their personalities and their creativity come out. As we kind of come to the end of our, our conversation here, um, our, the whole theme in the series of conversations is about growth and, and really thinking about um, inspiration from Charlotte Mason's work and her team of PNEU writers who also had this rhythm of saying, how, you know, always have something to grow by. Mothers and educators should also be growing in all areas of, of their life. How would you say art has helped you in your growth as a wife, as a mother, as an artist? Number one, I would say it's helped me remember who I am when I can get lost in being a mother and a wife that I'm, I remind myself I'm an artist too. I'm, I'm Kyle, but I, I'm a photographer. I, and I think that for me has helped me to pour, keep pouring and investing in that and not just put it to the side, but that this right. is worth um, growing my skill, my craft one of my professors in college said that you're only as famous as your source is obscure. Ah. I, I love that quote because he's saying that we're all influenced by something or somebody. Right. It's how you take what you're influenced by and make it your own. Yeah. And I find that I'm in that place in life where I can finally make my, my art my own and that I have a unique voice. And so for me, I'm, I'm growing more confident in that voice and in that style that's unique to who I am and that I have something to say and that my expression is coming through right now it's my photography and I've loved being able to collaborate with um, my youngest daughter with Fifi and that we come together and we create images that when I was first when I was hurt you know close to her age and, and being inspired by artists and really mimicking a lot of those paintings into my photography but now I've created my own style and I can see the remnant of that early those early years but I've really flourished in the past couple of years as I've allowed myself and given myself the permission as an artist and not just as a, a hobby or something I enjoy um, and so I would say that that's if you have um, you're in the in the weeds of motherhood <laughs> and we're all at different stages of it that some some years you can't pull away and you can't spend hours going out or you can't walk away from your the kids and leave them at home like I can now I can go out for an hour or two and they're fine at home um but you you can catch glimpses of it and that you'll be able to use those moments those experiences to pour back into your work and um to not give up but that there's just that waiting season and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. Very good. Anything else you wanna say on growth? Um, I would say just like anything, pour yourself into it. I, I have almost kind of consumed myself with going back into it. Like I'm going to do this. And there's so many helpful videos now. Like if you don't know how to do something, 
because I'm 20 something years removed from college is there's so many tools that you can use on videos and podcasts and books to get educated. And so I can't afford to go back to school and I'm not going to go back to school, but I have everything at my, literally at my fingertips that I can access and use to evolve and, and make this into something more than just, again, a hobby. Um, So I would say just to not forget what you have access to and to take advantage of that. And, um, and I, yeah, and I, I think I, I'll say this like a couple of weeks ago or months ago when I launched my photography site and I opened up an online store because I went from working in photography, shooting weddings, because that's how I would make money. But it's not what I was passionate about to now saying, I'm no longer offering these services because it's not what I want to do to being a, a fine art creative photographer. Mm. And when I started selling, when that first, I opened my shop online and within the first two minutes, somebody bought a print. Mm-hmm. I just cried. Oh, <laughs> I like, wow. This is, it was so validating that all the, the behind the scenes of pouring in and all the late nights of coming to bed at two in the morning, because I'm trying to figure out how to work Squarespace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it, it's worth it. And it's worth it too, because of the example, I know that it's giving my own kids. Um, so, yeah. and, I, and I just want to encourage as well, mothers with babies and toddlers when they're at that stage and you're thinking, I just don't have the, the mind space, the even physical space or the, or the hours awake <laughs> or even <laughs> awake on my own um you know to be able to do this and we we know you know that's I get it I I I get it and um I think even a little tiny um ideas like journaling jotting down something you've beautiful you've seen today um you know I love Anne Voskamp's 1000 gifts I think I probably that that discipline triggered a lot of creativity in me because I was learning and I I did that years and years ago I got to a thousand pretty enthusiastically but just that whole practice of um observation of observing the beauty amongst the mundane of the day and amongst the busyness or the or the crazy or the tiredness and I think that for me just that simple discipline of gratitude of noticing uh the the you know the dew drops on a flower petal or creases in my grandma's face or whatever it is actually was a trigger to furthering creativity in me as as those hours you know as I got more sleep as as the season changed so that definitely was helpful in the early years for me um but there are th- I mean people I, I know I've got amazing friends who knit and crochet and things that they can do when they're sat down <laughs> Um, yeah, always so inspired by that. And I would say too, that one of my, a quote that I deeply appreciate by Dan Allender, and I have this posted on my, my website, but he says that we need art, we need beauty, we need art to tell the truth because the truth itself in its own fragmentation needs images, scenes, scenarios. The truth compels us to create. And I love that because he's he's talking about the importance of creating art to redeem our stories, and specifically in the aftermath of trauma. And I think that, again, just thinking on women who are in the trenches of the early years, whether they're 
have one or four or six kids or they they're a little or whatever it is that they find themselves in and they they have a longing to create and they can't right now you do need to um to uh keep that energy for right now because it's almost like a, a form of survival right when you come through that the ability to express what you you know as a mother when you're able to do that do it because just like he says that we need art we need beauty and we need it to tell we need the scenes we need the books we need the images we need the songs to remind us to connect us to something that's bigger than us to, to make sense of what we've just experienced or gone through or endured or felt and that's the power of all of, of being a creative of art and the, the world would be such um an empty place without it <laughs> and so I, I for me that absolutely compels me to continue to create is to say and what what i've come down come through personally in my own life in our family's life but to be able to create after all that we've gone through is um, a place of yes reclaiming that life and redeeming it but also um being a part of that of a bigger story that we're all in <laughs> um and so that i hope that my work can be an encouragement to other people that is huge for me um and it, it absolutely is kyle i know that um even beyond your the beautiful things you produce and the beautiful words you produce i think what has moved me over the years and people can go to your site and we'll talk about that in a second and your and your instagram page and find out more about your story but the 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 beauty out of ashes that kind of image of yes we have walked a journey um but yet still still it is worth create seeing the beauty and and producing that and sharing it even yes. and it that is so inspiring i think so often we can go through challenging seasons and they bury as you know they kind of head down i cannot even lift my head and i think watching artists watching and even reading about them through history who have created in the times of despair and written poems and books in yes. the times where where their hearts are broken and their life is just you know destroyed in some way or another and what they have written the words that have come out of them the pictures that have been formed the even even scripts playwrights everything actually speaks to a future generation and it helps us to recognize humanity and that it hasn't really changed you know <laughs> things like we're going through at the moment have been going on and impacting um generations before us yet they have still pulled through they have still grown they have still created and um yeah so inspiring again that's probably a whole uh and, and another hour's conversation <laughs> but let's just wrap up kyle by why don't you share with everyone what you're doing at the moment um any new projects how people can find you and yeah what's available to them obviously some people will be listening to this in february some people could be in a year's time but at the moment what what is it you're doing well, I'm trying to endure lockdown and creating. <laughs> um, I currently am 
working on several things. So I, I continue to, to photograph all the time as much as I can, but I have a, a bigger vision and you know, living here in England for the past almost four years now, I, I have a desire to, to put together some sort of a book. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just working towards the vision of some, it's, it's like a love letter to the English countryside. And, and through my eyes as an American living here um, with a love, as an artist as well, with a love of so many of the, the English poets and painters and artists, have always had such an influence before I ever lived here on me. And so now to be here and immerse in that and to contribute to that in my own way. And so I, I, I'm working on building that body of work right now. How that's gonna play out, I don't know, but I'm just doing it in faith at this moment. The more tangible things that are I am creating right now are uh, podcasts, which I hope to have out sooner than later. And um, a ebook. Sorry, do you want to say what the podcast will be about? Because I think it's fascinating. Yes, it is. So it'll be called Sun Journeys, which is also the name of my Instagram handle. But it will, it will be about the 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 stories here in the countryside because we can't travel very far, so I can only go or right where we live. But there is an incredible wealth of history. So it's, it'll be a little bit of history, a little bit of travel and storytelling that unfolds here in the, the countryside, really in this kind of in an unknown area of the UK that isn't often talked about. And so I'm ex excited to uncover a lot of and share a lot of that history and the stories and how it specifically connects the US and the UK together and uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating what I've just, it's completely blowing my mind, the things I'm finding. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to share and just to take what I've worked as a travel guide for many years. And I can't do that right now. I can't take people on a physical tour, but in essence, I'll do just translate what I would do in, on tour into a podcast. Uh, then I've just, the last thing I was going to say is putting together an, an ebook of recipes I'm trying to finish that up too but that's taking me a lot longer than I thought with just getting all the layout correct and formatted and it's a learning curve figuring out how to do that it wasn't as simple as I thought it was going to be yeah I think I'm I often set myself up with projects thinking this seems straightforward and then um yeah <laughs> they're not at all are they but I mean that's all just so exciting and obviously I'll I'll put all the links to all that you're doing in in the show notes so hopefully people will um come over and say hello kyle this has been amazing you have given us so much food for thought um you've inspired us and um i'm sure that lots of women and mothers who are listening will be thinking about stretching their creative gifting or just testing out some little bits of artistry in their in their routines in their life hopefully to help them grow in 2021
Well, that's all we've got time for this week. If you loved it, why don't you go over to the podcast app, click on those five stars and maybe leave a couple of sentences to say what you've enjoyed listening to so far. Um, it's not just for me. I do love listening to them and reading them, but it's to help other people find the podcast. So if you can help me out that way, that would be amazing. Guys, did you hear that I'm writing you a book? Yes, Modern Miss Mason, the book, will be coming to you in 2022. I signed with Tyndale Publishing back in December, and I'm so privileged to be doing this. Um, I know it's a long time to wait, but we can do the journey together. If it's too long for you to wait, why don't you come over to Instagram or Facebook and hang out with me there? Or you can join me on the Charlotte Mason Unboxed course where I will walk you through implementing the Charlotte Mason philosophy in your home with complete freedom. Or if you'd prefer a cup of tea and a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I do have a coaching service. So you can book a coaching call with me and um, I'd love to do that. I'd love to see more of you and hear from you. The details of these connections and services are in the notes in the podcast, or you can click on the link in my Instagram account or head over to modernmissmason.com. I'll see you next week. Thank you.